Hello and welcome to Manic About Movies with me, Luke Lewis. This episode is going to mark a change on this podcast. Up until now, it's been a couple of analysis videos spread out over almost a year. While I started this podcast a while ago, I then became busy with my last year of uni and stuff. But now I feel like I'm ready to start the podcast proper. I thought a good place to start would be the Spider-Man trailer that dropped recently. Because just like me, it took its sweet ass time. For anyone that doesn't know, or rather that one guy who's been on a desert island for the last year, you missed a lot mate. The No Way Home trailer has been a long time coming. It took the trailer being leaked for it to finally be released. Leaks have become a big part of film marketing starting with the famous Deadpool leak a few years ago. These days it seems like Hollywood has more leaks than a casserole. When you consider that most films have a trailer a year or so before they come out, this one is long overdue really. Like the Batman, whose first trailer will have come out almost two years previously by the time the film is actually released, although in both instances there, it's really worked for their respective marketing departments, with No Way Home's lack of a trailer building interest as much as Batman's mysterious first look. But we've all seen the trailer now, and I have some thoughts. Firstly, it seems the film will pick up right where the last left off. But like John Wick 3, it doesn't seem like our hero will stay on the run for too long. Side note, I think that movie has a brilliant beginning and then loses pace as John finds safety. Maybe one day we'll actually get a movie where someone stays on the run and it plays out more or less in real time, because I would love that. But in this instance, it looks like going through the seasons is really going to work, giving us Christmas Spidey, which helps to make this different from previous films. Speaking of previous films, it looks like this one has connections to all of them, and wow. Doctor Strange makes a welcome return here confirming my suspicion that he's the new Marvel matriarch after Tony. It's great to see him back as well as the amazing Inception style building moulding effects that accompanied his first film. It seems as if Strange is subtly different depending on who's writing him. In his first film he was a smartass who becomes a selfless hero, then in Infinity War and Endgame he was a very serious figure who gave foreboding future predictions. Now here he's back to a more arrogant Sherlock style portrayal. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, even if it is a little jarring. It's nice to see characters evolve over time. But Cumberbatch is a great actor and I'm sure he has a good understanding of his character and this slight change will make sense in the film. I think I like this side-winking version for his dangerous charisma, which plays well against Holland's naive Parker. Also, it's a shame Strange left the fridge open, but the frozen Sanctorum looks great. With him, Strange brings the multiverse. More specifically, characters from Sony's previous films, such as Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. We all kind of knew it was coming, but now we know, and I have some thoughts. Let's start at the Beninging. The multiverse was first teased in Far From Home. I remember when that film was coming out, the poor nerds couldn't handle themselves. The mere prospect that was teased by Mysterio was too much for them. I, however, wasn't so sure. The elemental monsters from the film's first act were a very weak villain and not enough to support a whole film. Then comes the magnificent twist that we all saw coming a mile off. Well most of us, which I found incredibly satisfying. 
It's not quite as good as the twist that the vulture was Peter's prom date's dad, which I remember actually gasping at really loudly right there in the theatre, and by the way, didn't see coming at all. But still, Far From Home's twist is brilliant for how it changes the film. At the beginning, you're like, okay, they're really going for this. Fair enough. But then the rug pull replaces the multiverse with Mysterio's illusions, which I really enjoyed. It is, though, like a massive middle finger to the nerds. Now I feel that the MCU is doing the multiverse for real, almost as an apology. Or was it the plan to always tease in the second film and pay it off in the third? Two things are for sure. Firstly, it won't be another fake out, because if it was, I think there would actually be a riot. And secondly, there will be a deception of some kind. Both previous films had a twist, and more specifically, a villain twist which has been one of the greatest parts of both of those movies. So it's almost a requirement by now. Whether this will be that Strange was really behind it all, only time will tell. I do though have some reservations unfortunately. I was never the biggest fan of Raimi's films, even when I saw them as a kid, and the Amazing Spider-Man movies severely let us down. I've enjoyed Holland's take much more over the last few years, this isn't to say I'm not excited by the prospect of the crossover. It's like if Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton appeared in the next Daniel Craig Bond film to fight Goldfinger, which now I've said it, actually sounds like a film I really want to see. But instead, I'm just slightly worried the multiverse twist will detract from what could be Holland's final performance in the role, as his contract with Sony and Marvel will soon come to an end. I'd rather this be a swan song, or even a victory lap for Sony to say, look, a consistent trilogy, we did it. But seeing past actors and Doctor Strange's visuals being the main focuses of the trailer is worrying to me. For me, Tom Holland's performance is definitive in the same way Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man was, and I hope my favourite Spider-Man will get the send-off he deserves. There is, however, another way to look at this. No Way Home has been billed as Spider-Man's endgame, which is a hugely exciting concept. Spider-Man is a very popular character, so Marvel and Sony could even be looking at similar box office numbers. It could be a chance to bring all of Spidey's disparate adventures into one. Every recast, every missed opportunity, every success, Marvel can bring them all together for one grand finale, after which a line can be drawn under Spider-Man. For now at least. This possibility is shown in The Sinister Six. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 crumbled under the weight of trying to introduce and allude to six villains in one film, showing that the villains have to be pulled from past films, but Holland Spider-Man has only had three films, and so doesn't have enough villains. So they have to be pulled from the multiverse. In all seriousness, it's a stroke of genius to take the villains from previous films, as it saves time setting them up and allows us to see great takes on characters again, rather than rehashed versions. Spider-Man has the best rogues gallery outside of Batman, and the Sinister Six makes good use of them. We have Green Goblin teased, Doc Ock we've actually seen, people think they've seen Sandman and a Lizard in the trailer, and Jamie Foxx's Electro is confirmed. You'll notice that's one for every pre-Holland film, and if you're really clever, you'll notice that's five. So who's six? I don't think it'll be the Vulture, as he and Peter are on pretty good terms, and Keaton's busy being Batman. 
Maybe Scorpion, who was teased in the post-credit scene of Homecoming, or perhaps a new villain. I'd like to see Mysterio, though. His whole thing is cons, so how hard would it be for him to fake his own death? Either way, it's clear he'll play a big part in the film. Apart from him, I think I'm honestly most excited to see Electro. I love Jamie Foxx, and I think he was done dirty by his film. I remember feeling so much empathy for his character, a guy who'd been shit on his whole life and suffered a terrible accident. Only then, for Garfield's Spider-Man, who by this point had devolved into an arrogant brat, to publicly humiliate him. To be honest, I was rooting for him more than anyone in that film. Hopefully this time, Fox will get his due, and Electro will finally get the revenge he deserves. As long as No Way Home feels like a John Watts Spider-Man film, and not a Doctor Strange film or a Raimi film, I'm happy. Both Strange and Raimi will get their chance in next year's Multiverse of Madness. I've loved the tone of the previous two home films, if that's what we're calling them now. The first felt like a John Hughes classic, clearly taking inspiration from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Breakfast Club. The second carried on the Hughes feel by riffing on the vacation movies. As much as I am concerned in part about No Way Home's tone, the fact that Peter goes to Strange for help gives me big vibes with weird science stylings as in the Tom Hanks film, not just large vibes. I'm sure that Watts is more than capable of delivering another knockout film, as he's proven himself to be a savvy director. By now, we know Marvel know what they're doing, and I'm sure they'll be able to introduce the multiverse in a way that makes sense. I also love how this trailer has taken the world by storm, with new memes flooding the internet. The one where Doc Ock sings is my personal favourite which is why I wanted to talk about this. Though I'll be sad to potentially see him go, I can't wait to see Holland reprise the role that made his name once again, even if it is for the last time in a proper Spider-Man film. Mm -hmm.